0: This is Comic Geek Speak episode 1761, previews. You got
1: it on Wednesday, and it was like about going to the volume up. These guys will talk about it, everything the geeks love. In okay, case so like the laser beams are but
0: I'm Adam Murdo.
2: I'm Ian Levinstein, and I'm Chris Eberle. Murdo, it's
1: the first time I've ever heard you heard you squeal. It's thrilling.
0: <laughs> like a pig.
1: Yep.
2: <laughs> Just a little something different. It's like you were going full uh, morning drive time right there. <laughs> <laughs> For a lot of people <laughs> listening to this, that's exactly what we're doing. So why not? Hell yeah!
1: <laughs> Brothers, your both your voices are a tonic for the spirit. <laughs> no so, less care. so yours for ours, sir. Indeed, brother. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, as always, let's uh, put on our previews armor.
2: Starting a week with some comics.
1: Yep. Uh, you guys ready to dive right in, or anything you want to say first?
2: Uh, well, actually, yeah. Well, let's let's get some uh, some logistics out of the way. Let's for, do it. As uh, Ah, uh, the deadline for best of uh, has been extended by one week. Uh, and that's uh, we're recording this on Monday, the tenth. The original deadline was uh, gonna be Sunday, the ninth of February, but we have extended that until uh, Sunday, the sixteenth of February. So you'll have until eleven fifty nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time mm-hmm. to send in your best of suggestions to best of at comickekspeak.com. And how many categories is that again, Murd? That is
0: 16 categories, Ian. We do ask that you nominate only one thing in each category in which you nominate anything, and please nominate that one thing in at least eight of the 16 categories, at least half.
2: Yep. And then uh, once we uh, tally up your, uh, your votes all the geeks we can fit into a Skype call. We'll get on said Skype call and give our best ofs, and uh, we'll go ahead and add yours into the pot as well, and we'll have a nice voting round and then come back with our final best ofs of the previous year. And a good time will
0: be had by all. Of course. If nothing else,
2: it's
0: a a great way to learn about uh, the sort of things that uh, our fellow uh, members of the geek community have been reading
2: in the course of the past year. (laughs) <laughs> I know you had some crunch time submissions coming in from people who thought that they were last minute suggesting, but uh ha, ha now you're a week early. <laughs> See, you're conscientious in spite of yourselves. Exactly. You
1: know, Ian, I like that, you know, trolling the mustache, tying the girl the railroad track laugh you
2: had just there. Well done, <laughs> sir. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I think that's about it on the, uh, on the uh, logistics. And uh, what is our previews uh, catalog number? Uh, we're looking at
0: catalog number 377. It's uh, the February-dated catalog for items mostly arriving in shops in April of this year. Excellent.
1: All right. Let's get crack-a-lockin'. Well, image page 38. In. <laughs> Traction. Dotson and Dotson, Adventure Man, number one. I don't even care what it's about. That creative team is enough. I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great creative team at a spectacular price. It's wildly affordable, we're told here. It's 64 <laughs> pages
2: for the standard price of 32 So that that is pretty good. Sure is. It sounds like sense. a very interesting law firm, too. The law firm of Fraction, Dotson and Dotson. <laughs> <laughs> I'd keep them on retainer. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's an adventure comic uh, from from Matt Fraction. So, uh, and it looks like with a sci fi bent or a, or steampunk bent, bent or both. <laughs> so I'm in. It sounds like looking at the copy here that it could
1: be a, like, is it a story within a story, or does a character allow the Purple Rose of Cairo jump out of the story into reality? Um, I'm really looking forward to this. I, I, I mean, Matt Fraction is such a great writer. Oh yeah, and you know the Dotsons, my God. I mean, look at this. Look at the sample art. The next couple pages.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, so, their, their art just gets better and better, and I I, I really like the coloring on these pages too. Uh, the uh, sort of like the uh, the, the inky coloring uh, adds to the uh, the setting really nicely.
1: Well, and looking at these pages because she's working in looks like a used bookstore. Um, th- when I see this, it makes me you know. Wax nostalgic for my own shop because I always loved when I had my store. I loved the smells, not not of the customers, some of which were utterly repugnant, but of the the old comics. Can't beat that.
2: And then uh, the the very next thing in the previews uh, on, on page forty two, uh, talk about in in in. Kirk- yeah, me too. Kirkman, Somni and and Wilson with uh, the prelude. To the new ongoing firepower series. This is a, a OGN that sets us up for that ongoing. Uh, sounds damn good to me. Uh, it's I, it's I, only I, it's
1: only nine ninety nine too.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it's it's a lot. Uh, right, right here. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, co- as comics go up in price. It's nice to see the image uh, sticks to the nine ninety nine price tag for that first trade. and This counts as the first trade. So go ahead and do it. Yeah. And
1: I believe the first issue of the monthly is coming out on Free Comic Book Day.
2: Yes. Correct, yep. and
0: I've already pre-ordered it, so I might as well uh, read the uh, uh, the prelude to that in the form of this uh, 160-page OGN.
2: Yep. Yeah, sort of like a Shang Chi Iron Fisty type story being told by Kirkman and Somni here, and I just said the two magic words for Chris.
1: Well, you know, I just got a little, you know, I kind of gyrated in my seat in a, in a non-sexual way, of course, but you know. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah, I, Ian, you you know how to push my buttons. <laughs> so yeah, I'm. I, I mean, I love Samini's artwork, especially. So I'm really looking forward to that.
2: And okay. uh, and speaking of people we love, the very next solicitation, Aaron Gillen. <laughs> Man, image images. Yeah, just they're
1: they're just rolling them out this month.
2: Yeah, seriously, five issue miniseries. So I will wait for trade. But uh, but Karen Gillen and uh, and Jim uh Rus- and Yole, I believe
0: I think I think yeah. it's Rossignol.
2: Okay. But yeah, this yeah, is no, a concept
0: uh, that those two gentlemen have been batting back and forth between them for the better part of two decades. Apparently, um, it was announced at an Image panel back in 2015, and now it's uh, finally getting itself into print, with uh, art by Jeff Stokely and colors by Tamra Bonvillain. And, uh, it's, it's difficult to high concept something like this. It's just so gleefully bizarre, but, uh, and I think Kieran, Kieran Gillen, I've actually looked this up online. He's come up with plenty of, uh, over-the-top analogies for what this book's going to be like. I'm going to go with one of my own making, though. To me, it kind of looks like a Game of Thrones if it were set in the fifth-dimensional realm of Zerf. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it's, it's bizarre in and of itself, and, uh, bizarreness, uh... uh Ludicrousness is is also the it's the within the story it's the core value of this uh, otherworldly aristocracy full of uh, loonies who enjoy being loonies for the sake of being loonies, and it's, it's it's Kieran Gillen just ramping things up another notch in terms of storytelling, and also not it, it's it looks like it's going to be a book that doesn't take itself quite as seriously even as some of the things that uh, Gillen has done lately, and uh, Gillen is not one to take anything that he does. Um, with a few exceptions, entirely seriously to begin with. So this is just going to be fun, and uh, <laughs> high concept fun at that. And I think I, I'm not going to be able to resist.
2: It, it certainly does look like uh, a, an analog from Mixyak's Pidalek, uh, begging for uh, for mercy, uh, saying that I can be ludicrous on page 47. So yeah, that, it's it's definitely got me intrigued. Yeah, mm-hmm. That doesn't work out well for him on page 49,
0: right? He's apparently in this world.
1: He's the boring one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and as this character says, boring people never change.
0: Mm-hmm. But uh, they do get
2: decapitated, apparently.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's continue.
2: Mm-hmm. Got a got an OGN that I'll that I'll shout out on page fifty four. Uh, just because I I like the fact that OGNs are still being made. Um, that you know that and should be made more of, frankly, because I like getting the full story in one package. Almost, uh, waiting. Oh, to and buy. it's De- it's Declan Shawley. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's immediately got me interested. But it's about an yeah. Irish gangster on the run after a job gone wrong stumbles upon a young man lost in the Dublin mountains, injured and unarmed. The unlikely pair must try to evade their pursuers and survive the desolate bog that has served as a burial ground for unspeakable murder throughout history. You had me at desolate bog. It's <laughs> a great phrase.
1: Uh, another OGN I'm really excited about Which I'll be picking up on page 56 Paul is dead As in Paul McCartney John Lennon can't speak He can't take his eyes off the photo of a car In flames with Paul McCartney's body inside His friend is no longer here And that means the Beatles are no longer here either But John wants to know the truth And with George Oringo he will begin to re-examine The final hours of Paul's life Said so the magical atmosphere at Abbey Road Studios During the writing sessions for Sgt. Pepper Paul is dead is the definitive version of the legend of Paul McCartney's death.
2: This sounds so cool.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I, mean, we, I mean, any Beatles fan knows about the whole Paul is dead. <laughs> right. You know, play the record backwards, mm-hmm. that whole thing. Um, and <laughs> I can doing the whole, Paul, b- the whole the original graphic novel on that. I think it's fantastic.
2: So, And, and I, I remember I once, like, just out of... Pure curiosity. Not that I actually believed any of it. Watched like one of these like YouTube conspiracy videos about about how you know you could tell by the noses that that clearly he was he was you know replaced and uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm looking I'm looking at it. I'm like, no, that's that's the exact same person. Like I, I don't know I don't know what the <laughs> hell you're talking about. But all right. <laughs>
1: Remember, we live we live in a world where some people still think the Earth is flat.
2: So yeah, you know yep. the art the art looks fantastic by the way. Definitely. Yeah, I like the uh, the painted look of it. So, you know, I, I
1: remember Jamie D. always loved the, the graphic novel The Fifth Beetle. I finally read that a couple of years ago. I mentioned it on the air when I did, but that was magnificent. About, you know, uh, Brian Epstein, the Beatles' ill-fated manager. Mm. So, I'm looking forward to this. Now, the next page. <laughs> so, unprecedented. So, Kieran Dwyer. A uh, collection of satirical cartoons. So, if you're a supporter of President Trump, but you haven't gone all the way, and you still retain, you know, the you still retain the ability to appreciate satire on all sides of the political spectrum, and I, I'm sure you'll appreciate this. If, if you have gone all the way, and you're probably going to find this offensive. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm thoroughly enjoying the few cartoons that are showing here on pages 58 and 59. So. Okay.
2: Oh, old school political uh, commentary yeah. humor. Yeah.
1: I mean, every politician, as far as I'm concerned, deserves to be ridiculed, regardless of whether it's the right or the left, whether you support them or not. Because it, if you, if 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 a politician advances beyond satire, I find that a very dangerous situation. So, Mr. Dwyer, by all means, continue.
2: See Joe Biden and some of the weird stuff he said this week. Anyway. Oh,
1: well, Biden! <laughs> Biden, you can't even you can't even make that stuff up. It's just. <laughs> uh... yeah. Well, I, I mean, unless unless he does well in South Carolina, I don't think Joe will be around for much longer, but we'll see how that plays out. Okay. All right, what else we got
2: here in Image? Uh, Merge, you got anything?
0: Uh, not really. Nothing that's not a continuation of an arc or a series.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, I have to check every month in the S section. It's not there yet. What? W- w- whatever do you mean, Chris? Yeah,
2: what could what you possibly be referring to?
1: But I'm patient because... I know it'll return eventually.
2: Oh, you know it'll be on the front page of previews. Yeah, turns. I mean, yeah. there's no way you're gonna miss it. They're gonna have a splash page. They're gonna have preview pages. It'll be, yeah. it'll be a, a welcoming return. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'll throw out uh, that uh, issue five of five of uh, Greg Rucka's The Old Guard. Oh, slide, uh, is coming out uh, this month on page seventy-five. Uh, so uh, anybody who's been waiting to see that, uh, you know, finished and collected, uh, a trade will be forthcoming.
1: And that's going to be on Netflix, I think? I
2: believe so, yes. and uh,
1: Charlie Theron is the, uh, yep, Netflix is the lead. Mm-hmm. Can't yep. wait to see that. Um, I want to point out on page, uh, it, it's not a page number, it's right before the Dark Horse section. So I read about this in the last issue of Criminal. Drew Baker and Phillips' next work is just called Pulp, May 2020, and it incorporates a Pulp Western character. What else needs to be said? Look, look. At, I mean, when I see those two names, it, uh, I buy without even without hesitation, without without worrying, without inquiring. But the fact they're doing something with a Western theme, although I think I think it's kind of a story within a story type of thing, if I remember correctly from uh, Brewbaker's comments in, in the criminal uh, back pages. But look at that artwork by Phillips. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: I might just be on board for that
1: too. Oh, Murd, I'd love to discuss it with you. Wonderful. All right.
2: All right, Dark Horse. Dark Horse it is, and uh, we start off with uh, page eighty-six, Spy Island: A Bermuda Triangle Mystery. So anybody's looking for a good mystery, this might be up your alley. Chelsea Kane is the writer with uh, Elise McCall on art, and Rachel Rosenberg uh, did the cover there. A very haunting cover with the uh, the skull in the background. Uh, but uh, super That's spy, a great cover. Oh, amazing! Yep. Classic paperback super paper. <laughs> Stacy's on a tropical island and her mission is to keep an eye on things. Her problem, the island is on the lip of the Bermuda Triangle where anything can happen. Her other problem, this particular island is a den of intrigue populated by spies, tourists, and even villains set on global domination. Sounds like fun people. Sure does.
1: <laughs> Alright, the next page. Wow. Wow. The last night of St. Hagen, a World War II thriller and. In- The Beginnings of Nazi-Occupied Poland. First of all, the writer is Mike Magnolia, co-writer, and artist Andrea Moody, in immediately. A wily Polish spy, pursued by a group of Nazi enforcers, flees to the small town of Turin. The year is 1939, the beginning of the German occupation, and he carries important information for the resistance. A bullet, a tomb, and and a ghost, perhaps even God, have their own plans for the spy, and they will involve the mythical crusader knight St. Hagen. Oh, I can't wait to try this. Anybody who knows any of the basic history of World War II knows that few countries suffered as much in that conflict as Poland did. And uh, I'm interested to see how they address that here.
2: All right. And then, uh, very, very next there, uh, for anybody who's a fan of Alien, just in time for Alien Day, April 26, 2020, an adaptation of the original screenplay for the movie Alien. So it'll be a little bit different than what than what we knew. Uh, but uh, I guess sort of similar to the way they do. So how,
1: how dramatically different is it from the from the movie? Do you know, Ian? Or?
2: Um, I have no idea. The okay. Going to it. It's just uh, it's uh, obviously things change from original screenplay to shooting script. Uh, sure. So I'm sure there'll probably be some things in here that are a little bit different, if not entirely different. But uh, I'm thinking back to like when they did the, uh, the George Lucas miniseries based on Lucas's original script for Star Wars. Oh, right, right, right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and this one's by, by Dan O'Bannon, uh, the author of Mobius' the, the Long Tomorrow, co-writer of Total Recall, writer-director of Return of the Living Dead. Uh, that's the original writer, and uh, this is Cristiano uh, uh, uh adaptation of said script. Total Recall as in the film screenplay? Uh, yes, I believe so. <laughs> Screw you! Okay, sorry, I couldn't
1: help myself. Had to do a little, little bed Arnold there for a minute. <laughs> Get your oh. ass to Mars Okay, anyway <laughs> <It's tatsuma. laughs> That was Kindergarten Cop But we'll, we'll allow that Because, you know oh, I'm sorry it's, it's one of the timeless Arnold quotes <laughs>
2: All
1: right, the next page is really exciting Another Black Hammer uh, spinoff Colonel Weird Cosmagog. Beautiful art by Tyler Crook Oh That is gorgeous Again mm-hmm. Anyone who, has, who, has, who loves Golden Age books but wants to see an edgy riff on that genre, you've got to you've got to read Black Hammer. It, it is consistently superb. There's the anti-god, which is the Kirby-esque uh, cosmic uh, malevolent entity they have to battle. Great stuff. By the way, the next page, I read the first issue of Skull Digger and Skeleton Boy, which is another Black Hammer spinoff. I haven't read it too yet. Really good. Clearly a very very dark take on, like, the 80s vigilante, like, archetype in comics of that time. Mm. Um, As in, you get the sense that, so they're really going to explore what happens to a kid when he's made, when he's made, like, the, you know, the sidekick of someone who's clearly, you know, psychologically disturbed. Um, It's, the first issue was great. So let me hear again. So I recommend that. Haven't gotten X-Ray Robot 1 yet, but we're looking forward to reading that one. Very good. Yeah. What else in Dark Horse, brothers?
2: Uh, well, the deluxe edition of uh, Umbrella Academy Volume 2 Dallas is being uh, collected on page 95. Uh, so uh, if you want something that will look amazing on your shelf, just Gabriel Ba's artwork is enough to do that. But uh, for it to be this this huge oversized deluxe edition hardcover, that'll do it for you in spades. So, yeah, if you haven't read or you have read Umbrella Academy and just want it nice and shiny, this is the way to do it. Are they doing another s-
1: season of that show?
2: They are. Uh, okay. coming, I think, mid-year, if I remember correctly. That reminds me. I saw Lock and Key dropped on Netflix. Yep. Yeah, I've, I've got it chewed up, ready to roll. Uh, okay. uh, today, today I watched uh, RuPaul's uh, new new show on Netflix, and that was actually pretty uh, pretty interesting. So, huh. so okay. that was my my watching all day.
1: Uh, Against Hope on page 99, so, the polar creator Victor Santos, which is also a Netflix movie I haven't watched yet, um, it has been years since an insane family of neo-Nazis murdered her boyfriend and almost killed Hope, now she is tracking them down and exacting her bloody revenge. Always enjoy a good revenge story.
2: I got something on page 101, uh, mm-hmm. name Levitz. Unfinished Business by, by Paul Levitz and uh, Simon Fraser on, uh, on art and cover. It's a hardcover uh, collecting uh, the – I guess the entire story here of Unfinished Business was about a priest, a minister, and a rabbi walk into a bar, except they're all dead. <laughs> so that's that, – that, 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 has, that has me very, very interested. <laughs> yep, and it's not
0: a zombie apocalypse story, which – Actually, nope. retains my attention that much longer at this
2: point. Indeed.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah Always
2: nice to see Paul its name on anything. Definitely. Oh,
1: uh, Just... he's one of the legends of the industry, creatively and editorially.
0: Uh-huh. As soon as this comes out in soft cover, it'll get a second look from me.
1: Uh, I'm good with the Dark Horse. What else do you guys got for it?
2: Well... Page one hundred four. I'll bring up uh, for any of, any of the video game fans out there, one of the most striking video game series that's come out in the last uh, twenty years, I'd say, is The Last of Us, and uh, this is the uh, the art of Last of Us two, uh, and just the 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 amazing like post apocalyptic scopes that they that they and, and landscapes that they created for this game. Uh, are breathtaking and to see them in their original art form uh, for you know for anybody who's a fan of the series this is this is worth picking up uh, if you're willing to spend the cheddar on it it's uh, 40 bucks so I'm sure it'll be discounted uh, uh, you know in multiple places but uh, yeah Last of Us Part 2 hardcover and deluxe hardcover available for any of you video game fans out there
1: all right Ian, we always appreciate you uh, giving those recommendations on books based on other media that Murd and I wouldn't be familiar with.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. good. It's what I do.
1: <laughs> Murder, you got anything else for Dark Horse? Uh,
0: one more thing. On page 115, hear it. Um, a new uh, paperback edition of uh, a series uh, called Bandette. Uh, Produced by the husband and wife team of Paul Tobin and Colleen Coover, uh, who also gave us Banana Sunday about uh, a girl and her apes. Uh, This one is about a gentle girl thief, uh, who is the uh, uh, internationally renowned uh, burglar, art thief, gem thief, you name it, um, working in Europe. Uh, Apparently she's getting on the wrong side of the... uh, uh, Belgian police, and uh, the criminal underworld at the same time. Um, I know it's a favorite of uh, Bill Dowdy, uh, known to forumites as Library Boy. Uh, I think Eric nolan Wethington would probably have a couple of nice things to say about it as well. And uh, I've never tried Bandit, and I think this is. I'm going to take this opportunity to uh, pick up this trade and, and and give it a try. It's won multiple Eisner Awards.
2: Mm. Excellent. All right, let's move on to DC then. DC it is. And... I, I think before we even get into DC, uh, just to mention real quick uh, that uh, we got to hear Bill Finger's name on a Academy Awards show. So uh, major props for actually recognizing the full creators of of the Joker uh, in the uh, you know in, in in the show itself. And oh, I didn't
1: see that. Did Joaquin Phoenix say that?
2: Uh, no, uh, when they when they uh, you know were giving the credits for for Joker when it was nominated for uh, for whatever it was nominated for,
1: yeah,
2: uh, they mentioned Bill Finger and uh, as one of the creators. Oh, that's wonderful! Did I'm so glad to hear uh, that.
0: Jerry Robinson as well. I didn't hear that part.
2: I they may have. I'm not entirely sure about that, but I know that uh, that they you know when when I think when the first award was coming up, uh, they won for uh, for best soundtrack. Um, uh, I, I think they just said something along the lines of like uh, you know Joker uh, uh, you know comes from the series Batman which was originally created by, and then they uh, then they went into you know the original creators of Batman so that's not sure if they actually said everybody uh, they should have but I'm not sure if they did um, oh, and and the fact that Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker uh, that means that uh, two Jokers have won for best yep game.
1: yep <laughs> well it speaks it speaks to the Richness of the character, the character's history, and just sort of like that canvas that a great actor can do so much with. So, yep. Um, but I, I'm really, you know, I've always, ever since I've been on this show, I've always made clear how little I think of Batman's other co creator. Yeah. Um, but, and how I was always very dismayed by what, how Bill Figure met his end and how he was, you know, not really given the credit he deserved. So, that that's great to hear.
2: And if you haven't watched a documentary on Hulu, I, I would definitely recommend doing so on, on on Bill Finger's life. I learned a lot from that. I, oh, I, I didn't
1: even know that was on there. I'll check that out as soon as possible, Ian. Thank you.
2: I, I knew about Bob Kane for years, but, uh, but yeah. it was it, this was all about, you know, Bill Finger's life and how he, you know, uh, how they went about getting him the credit he so deserved on on the franchise. I'm looking to, I'll watch that as soon as I can. Speaking of the Joker, we start out there. <laughs> Uh, Joker at 80th anniversary, 100 page super spectacular, numero uno. As I like to say, written by everybody and art by everybody.
1: Yep. It's, uh, it's a series of reprints, isn't it?
2: Uh, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. Yep. Prestige format one shot. The next page, we have the same format
1: for uh, Catwoman. Yep. Yeah. That reminds me. It's uh, one thing I want to reread. I, I don't own it and I have to pick it up. Brute Maker's Catwoman run. It is one of the all-time greats. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe Darwin Cook did the art on some of it originally. Uh, and then, you had know, a host of other great artists. I think Cameron Stewart might be one of the artists in that series, if I remember correctly. Yes, he was. I see his name here. Um, it, that, that series is, is tremendous. Paul Galasi did some work on it later on as well. For me, it's it's the definitive Catwoman, that series. So I highly recommend that.
2: And gave us the uh, you know one of the best costumes for Catwoman. Yes, yes. All right. Well,
1: on page, uh, oh, there's no page number. Um, <laughs> page five. Uh, again, I'm so waiting for Strange Adventures number one by Tom King and uh, Mitch Durads. I can't. I cannot wait. And Evan Doc Shaner. I'm so excited to read this book. We talked about it last month. But
2: uh, what else you guys got? I'm I'm happy to see the return of Checkmate uh, as a concept uh, to the D, to the pages of DC Comics on page three. Ah, uh, De- uh, event Leviathan, Checkmate number one, uh, as it looks like Green Arrow is involved with uh, with Le- with uh, Checkmate, and uh, as they take on Leviathan, and of course, written by Bendis, art and cover by Mo- by Alex Malev. Like, come on,
1: that's quite a team. I, I love the Rucka Checkmate stories.
2: Oh yeah, those were fantastic. They were. Yep, they're they're definitely one of my favorites. Uh, as was the uh, Judd Winnick Outsiders series around the same time. That's right.
0: So this looks like it's going to be spinning out of uh, this uh, 2019's Event Leviathan miniseries. Correct. Probably a good idea to check that out before you uh, check this
2: out. Yeah, I'm, I may not. I may just go right in. <laughs> and hopefully I won't be that that confused.
1: I love when Ian gets bold and just dives right into the deep end.
2: <laughs> Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Yeah.
1: Speaking of the deep end, on page 12, you bought, you brought me the ocean. Alex Sanchez, writing art by Julie Moreau. Forgive me if I mispronounce that name. Um, it's a DC graphic novel for young adults. I, I like how DC is doing this whole line of uh, young adult uh, graphic novels.
2: And uh, right, right above that, uh, another uh, one for 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 younger uh, audiences is Primer, uh, which is a brand new superhero uh, that that uses a uh, an array of of uh, magical paints. To, uh, to 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 make her mark on the world. Um, love the design of the character, and, and yeah. the art just looks striking and fun and uh, and energetic. And that's that's what I like to see. And it's uh, Jennifer M- Murrow and uh, Thomas Krajewski on on the writing and art and cover by uh, by Gretel Lusky.
1: We got another young adult graphic novel on page uh, fourteen: Wonder Woman, Tempest Tossed, by written by Laurie Halsey Anderson, art by. Uh, Layla Del Duca.
2: Again, gorgeous art.
1: Yeah, really nice.
2: Yep. And uh, th- they make the cover really look like one of those uh, like uh, uh, paperbacks you'd see in the uh, supermarket checkout aisle.
1: <laughs> ah, Ian. God, I'm glad you're here. Levenstein lives! Mm-hmm. What else you got for DC Murd?
0: Uh, actually buying surprisingly little from DC this month, <laughs> so. Uh, okay, page 33. Um, in the middle of Robert Venditti's Hawkman run, issue number 23, we've got, uh, uh, a past lives story, to borrow James Robinson's phrase. Um, one of, uh, uh Prince Khufu, Carter Hall, etc.'s uh, past incarnations.
1: Um, the Plague Doctor... Um, oh, I love, I love when they do stories like this with Hawkman.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, this is uh, at least somewhat historically grounded, it appears. Uh, as the Plague Doctor, um, the eternal soul of Hawkman uh, roamed 17th century Europe in the midst of uh, what I guess is a uh, resurgence of the Black Death, since, after all, the, the main pandemic took place a couple centuries earlier than that. But uh, this is 17th century Europe, and he wears one of those... So bird-beak-shaped plague masks that the plague doctors of the uh, earlier outbreak uh, tended to wear. And he also wields uh, the trademark spiked mace, just because. So, yeah, this is happening in the middle of all this uh, uh, DC-infected stuff that's been going on. Uh, In the present day, Hawkman is uh, being possessed by the Sky Tyrant, who I guess is the Dark Multiverse uh, analog of himself. Uh, But this is kind of taking a break from that and uh, allowing... Uh, Hawkman's mind race back to this particular one of his past lives. Uh, so, Robert Venditti with art by Marcio Takara and Fernando Pasarin. Now, Murd, or, or you know, if one of you read this series, uh, I,
2: I've I've read a little bit of it. Uh, I know Murd's probably read a little bit more than I have.
0: A little bit, but not too much. I don't think. I, I yeah. I've been dipping in and out. And you
1: you both have enjoyed it.
2: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Cause... It it does a it does a good job of dealing with the past lives.
1: Which I love. What I'm getting in the habit of doing now is that I, I'm going more to the library now because I just can't afford to buy a, a ton of trays. But I want to keep reading new stuff, and I'm just going to the library. And like, that's where I got Monstrous from, for example, Ian. Mm-hmm. Um, just just getting stuff out of cause my library system where I live is superb. So
2: yeah.
1: a lot of the stuff I can get in the library. By the way, I went to ask Ian the, the opposite page.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How they quit the Birds of Prey? Did you see the movie?
2: Uh, I have not seen it yet. Okay. I will definitely have seen it probably by the next time we speak. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to get out this weekend, but I'm hoping to see it by the end of next weekend. All right. Yeah, I, I've heard very positive things. So I'm. that's the reason why I'm running out there, because, you know, I wasn't that big a fan of Suicide Squad. But uh, this yep. uh, may have been one of the reasons why I didn't do so well at the box office this, this weekend, uh, all things considered. Uh, but uh, it's uh, global gross is saving it right now.
1: Well, I look forward to your field report.
2: Yep. Uh, right, jumping back a couple pages uh, to, to page 30. Just just a quick throw out here, since it's the middle of, of an arc, but the fact that Green Lantern Season 2, Number 3, has Hal Jordan re-enlisted into the Air Force sounds like a pretty cool concept. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gen- Air Force General Herc Stone re-enlists Highball Jordan for a mission to locate his missing pilots, including Hal's ex-cowgirl. Jordan discovers an alien presence more dangerous than any stormy relationship.
1: I wanted to point out. On, I'm, I'm jumping ahead to page forty-six. Uh, this weekend, I read the first issue of "The Question: The Deaths of Vic Sage" by Jeff Lemire, mm-hmm. art by the legendary uh, Dennis Cohen and Bill Zinkevich. I really enjoyed it. It's interesting to take on the the question. It, it also weaves Richard Dragon into the story, um, and it's it's kind of challenging a bit the question sort of black and white view of things and how he goes about his 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 adventures and and his alternate life as as a as in this case as a, as a television, uh, journalist. Um, you know, I, I, really revered Ditko's work. I do not agree with or sympathize with his objectivist philosophy. Um, nor do I even think that it's grounded in really in reality, but, um, I'm interested to see what they're doing with the, the character here. Cause I've always been intrigued by the question. I, I have only read a little bit of the character, but this first issue of this mini series really, really struck me.
2: Now do, does it lean heavily upon the question being a mythical character himself or is he just involved with myth with mythicism
1: uh based on the first issue Ian, it's it looks like they may be leaning towards the former okay um I, again I've only read the first issue but there's some there's some some elements of the plot lead you to believe that, that it might be geared towards with the former of what you said right. we'll see but I, I I dug it fair enough. What else for DCJ brothers?
2: Uh, page forty introduces to the Legion of Superheroes: Gold Lantern, Monster Boy, Doctor Fate, as members of Legion of the Superheroes. So I, I would love to know what the heck Gold Lantern is, <laughs> and and uh, hopefully the pages of Legion of Superheroes will tell me so. Hmm. I think uh, Morrison introduced a a
0: Golden Lantern character from a a parallel universe uh, sometime during 2019. Something tells me this character has nothing at all to do with that. (laughs) You're probably right. Yeah. And, you know, these are some neat ideas that uh, Bendis is throwing against the wall. But, again, the complaint I keep registering about this Legion series is I don't want it to be too closely tied to the goings-on in superheroics in the 21st century. I don't want this to be Justice League 3000. We've already had that. Uh, The Legion is the Legion and should remain so. So I don't want him cluttering it up with too many other legacy characters.
1: Fair enough. Okay, I'm jumping ahead a bit because the images struck me. On page
2: 56... Ian, are you reading the Terrifics? No, I'm, I'm not. I think I have at least like two or three volumes uh, that I, that I bought through Comixology sales, but I haven't gotten a chance to. Okay,
1: because the cover is it's a fantastic retro cover. Um, on, on this is on page fifty-six, the Terrifics number twenty-seven. Let's
2: see, oh yeah, wow, ooh, that's that cool. is a great cover. Yeah, and, wow, and it is, is Gene Yang uh, writing the series still, so that's. Uh, plus, it's got the uh, Tom Strong and and his family involved. Yep.
1: But I feel like I'm you know back in the bronze early copper age looking at that cover. That is a beautiful cover.
2: Yeah, that's that's really pretty.
1: All right, what have we heard about Wonder Woman Dead Earth? Because it's getting quite some real accolades here on the, on the copy page. anybody uh, read this?
2: No, no. I, I I have not. <laughs> uh, but I'm certainly I'm certainly looking to now. It sort of looks like. Uh, I mean, it reminds me a little bit of, of uh, you know, some of the, I mean, if not Kingdom Come, then at least like you know, Batman Year One Hundred and stuff like that, uh, where you know, set in the far future and and dealing with uh, with characters that we already know.
1: That's a very striking uh, cover image, though. There.
2: Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah,
1: yeah. Daniel Warren Johnson writing an art.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna pick it up when it's all collected. That looks damn pretty.
1: Let's see what else have we got here. I jumped way ahead, so anybody wants to jump back, please feel free.
2: Oh, that's fine. Uh looks like we're uh we're crossing over with action comics in uh, in Young Justice on page sixty. Uh as uh it's Young Justice versus Star Labs and what happens when a universe reboots right under you. Dude. Connor is about to find out. <laughs>
1: so and I'm- great importance that co-written
2: by David Walker. Yes. Yes. Wow. That's 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 something. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that means he's going to be taking over at some point or whether yes. he's just helping out Bendis.
1: Well, this is a series I got to jump in on, Trey, because I only read issue one, but I'll, I'm going to get the trades. But I'm a huge Walker fan. I mean, everything he's done in recent years. I talked about Bitter Root in our last episode, so that's exciting.
2: I'm so glad to have characters like Young Justice actually remember, you know, what once was. You know, that's, it's making me happy. I, I don't know. It's 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 just it, it further ties to what came before. You know, New 52. Now,
1: when you say they remember, they that means they remember the DC Universe before the New 52. That's what
2: has been heavily implied. Yeah, they okay. haven't full details yet, but uh, essentially, the version of Superboy that that you see here is indeed our original version of Connor Kent, um, and. Basically, because he exists, that's enough of a tether to gotcha. remind everybody that Young Justice happened. And that's basically how the team winds up, you know, becoming a team and remembering things in the first. place.
1: So, in the story, you don't have to go into too much detail, but yeah. do they explain like how he gets back to them and where he was and all of that, or yeah, okay. Uh,
2: the, the the entire Gemworld World arc uh, ties into you know how Connor got where he did and and exactly you know how he disappeared in the first place. So no,
1: I look forward to reading it. You'll
2: All get right. those within the first six issues. Oh great! Yep. Because I, I know at
1: least one trade is already out. So uh, it is.
2: Yeah, and I think I think Volume Two is uh, pretty close to solicitation since so, so this is Issue Fifteen. So it, it, if it hasn't been solicited, it it will be soon.
0: Check out right. uh, page ninety three for your answer. Well there.
2: Ah! Good old Merd. <laughs> right on, Murd. Right on. All right, John, What else you want to look at here? Uh, don't really have anything in the Joe Hill section uh, at the moment. Uh, Books of Magic, magic continues as as does the dreaming. And yeah, I think I'm I think I'm pretty much in in the facsimile editions right now. And I'll I'll bring up that uh, I guess as part of the celebration of Catwoman and uh, and Joker. They affect simile editions of uh, of DC Superstars number seventeen, in, in introducing the debut of Huntress, and uh, Detective Comics four seventy five, uh, which is uh, uh, the Joker, uh, one of the what the Joker Fish stories.
1: Oh, Marshall Englehart and Rogers, classic stuff.
2: Oh yeah, yep. So looking forward to those being back on the shelves, and uh, I, I do dig the fact that they reprint the ads and everything. That's that's a oh nice yeah, thing that affects similes.
1: And I mentioned on the next page, that's one of the, the Brubaker Catwoman run. Here's for a dollar Catwoman number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Brewbaker, Cook, and Allred.
2: I mean. Yep. You know. <laughs> and, and they're reprinting checkmate number one since since we mentioned that before. Oh, yeah. That was an excellent series. Oh,
1: yeah. Excellent. In fact, I just, um, Jesus Sa- Saiz, I think he's the new artist on Star Wars. Ah. I think he is. And if he is, his art is as amazing as ever. I'll talk, about, I'll talk about the book a little bit when we get to the Marvel section.
2: Yep. Uh, I'll point down on page 77 the, uh, Crisis on Arrow, uh, the, uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths Arrowverse Deluxe Edition. Collecting together all of the Crisis on Infinite Earths stuff that I guess was in that 100-page Giants uh, collections all into one package. So you'll get uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths Giant number one and two – and a monitor's worth of behind-the-scenes extras.
1: Okay, I have a question on page uh, 79. So Doomsday Clock is done, right?
2: Yes, it is, thank God.
1: Okay, so this is part—they've done a part one hardcover, this is part two, and that collects the whole thing.
2: Yes, it does, because they like taking your money. <laughs> okay, I'll, so I'm, I'm just going to
1: wait for the one, inevitable one volume. I, I I, I want to read it, so because I only read the first couple issues.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm refusing to buy anything until we actually get a a, a full twelve issues, because that's yeah. that's that's just that, that's nickel and diming people. It's it's yeah. it's not cool.
1: <laughs> I just don't buy it. That's all.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, um, I, I buy it digitally, digital um, anything.
1: Uh, page eighty. I would love to like to see when they do tributes to Sergeant Rock, one of the all time great uh, war comic characters, and I mean DC has always been the one of the leaders in war comics. Um, This collects a lot of his classic stories. I mean, Robert Kaniger was a key Sergeant Rock writer. Uh, You got stuff by Joe Simon, Kirby, Innis, Will Eisner. Christ, amazing. Joe Kubert, Joe Simon, Jack Kirby, Toth, Gadara, Russ Heath. I mean, this is, that's great stuff right there. So, highest recommendation. Um, and it's, it's DC goes to war so it's not just Sergeant Rock I apologize I misspoke there it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a variety of classic they got enemy ace in here army at war boy commandos weird war tales GI combat which is the haunted tank it's all great stuff so
0: and the losers special number one which is a special crisis crossover
1: yes it is bird fantastic yeah that's that's Kirby oh actually I shouldn't say if that's Kirby or not I, I, I misspoke I don't think he actually did that one
0: uh, no, he didn't do the special. No, he did not. It was written yeah. by Kaniger. I know that. I'm, I'm less sure yeah. about who did the artwork. Yeah.
2: Have, either, have either of you read the Martian Manhunter Identity series uh, that's being collected on page 83? I have not. Uh,
1: let me take a look.
2: I have not. Okay, because it's Steve Orlando. So that, that immediately you know caught my eye there. Um, it's uh, all 12 issues of it. Uh, plus a gallery of behind-the-scenes extras. As, as usual.
1: When did the series originally uh, p- publish? I, I feel like it's somewhat
2: recent. Uh, I'll have to double check that because
1: uh, I always found the Martian Manhunter a very compelling character, especially when they explore, um, you know, his ties to Mars and how that haunts him and him trying to fit in. And so I, I may this might be a lot like a book I got in the library, for example.
2: Yeah, yeah. Looking it up actually, uh, the the series started in 2018, so yeah, it, it is very recent.
1: I wanted to mention page 84, and I was remiss because I got the OGN when it came out some months ago. Um, Six Days: The Incredible Story of the D-Day's Lost Chapter. This is wonderful. Um, it's based on a true story, written by Robert Venditti, uh, Kevin Moore, and art by uh, Andrea Moody. Um, it's about a some U.S. paratrooper. So, when, when D-Day happened, the night before, they dropped thousands of of paratroopers uh, behind German lines to you know to try to seize key road junctions, bridges. Etc. To pave the way for the forces advancing from from the beachhead, um, and and uh, this group of of paratroopers were dropped. It was a misdrop. so they're f- further behind German lines than they, they, they were supposed to be, and they take shelter with some French villagers who who try to help them, and you know German troops assault the village. It's it, it was really well done, so I recommend that excellent war comic.
2: Right.
1: Star Girl by Jeff Johns trade paperback on page eighty six.
2: Was just going to say that myself. Yep. Uh. Yeah. Happy to see that being collected. It's uh, first fourteen issues of the Stars and Stripes series plus J- JSA All Stars number four and the uh, stories from uh, DCU Heroes Secret Files. For a while, this was out of print, so I'm I, I, I guess you know I mean not not a guess, but because the series is starting over at the CW uh, and the DC Universe app, it's a good reason to put it back in print. Wow mm. oh.
0: Not as good a reason as the simple fact that it's a very good book.
2: It's, it's an underrated
0: <laughs> series. And it's all ages appropriate. It was one of the first things Jeff Johns wrote in comics. Yep. And uh, it, it's got ties to Golden Age history, and it's it's just good fun.
2: Agreed on all accounts.
1: I'm good for DC. You guys have anything else you want to talk about?
2: Uh, I think that's. Yeah, I think that's it for me as well.
0: Mert? I'm uh, set for IDW. If you are,
2: all right, let's do it. Oh, and yes, it was page ninety-three, by the way. Young Justice, yes. lost, uh, Volume Two, Lost in the Multiverse. Read it, read it, read it. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm back. In soft cover, I will, I will, I will. <laughs> <Ha>. <laughs> okay,
1: uh, I'm on page one thirty. But if you guys want to go first for something prior to that, please feel free. Now.
0: Uh-huh. My Little Pony Season 10 <laughs> drops on page 128. Yep, it's uh, this uh, long-running series it's up to issue 89. It's one of the, most, the biggest and most surprising successes at IDW in, in the publisher's history. Um, still going strong, and now they're going to start telling stories that pick up where the series finale left off. So I'm still on board for that.
1: I like the uh, funky uh,
0: cover for that issue. All right, that's Andy Price, the original series artist. Been around since the first issue when Katie Cook was still the regular writer.
2: Oh, wow. I'm, I'm so happy that, you know, I mean, it, it started becoming a thing with, with Buffy and Angel and what have you. But just the idea of doing, you know, new seasons of shows that were oh, it's great. canceled. It's just yeah. such a great idea for comics. Yeah. Especially I have, can bring more people into the medium. So. Agreed, yeah. Uh, 123, I'll mention real quick, uh, just because it's uh, a Stephen King concept. Uh, Stephen King and Owen King's uh, Sleeping Beauties that's uh, being written by by Rio Yowers and, uh, and art by Allison Sampson uh, based on a horror novel by by Stephen and Owen King and adapted by by Rio Yowers uh, it's about a strange sleeping sickness known as Aurora that has fallen over the world and strangest of all it only affects women and in the small town of Dueling gee I wonder why it took place there uh, a mysterious woman has walked out of the woods. She calls herself Eve and leaves a trail of carnage behind her. More mysterious. She's the only one unaffected by the sleeping sickness. So it's like X the last girl.
1: Hmm. <laughs> is, Owen, is Owen King his son? Who is that? I believe so. Okay.
2: Have you read the novel? No, I haven't. Uh, but okay. I'm, I'm certainly intrigued and want to read it now. <laughs> All right, I wanted to
1: point out on page 130. So I know I'm a longtime Star Trek fan. We've talked about that many times in the show. Yes. Every time the Tipton brothers write a Star Trek comic, I don't I don't even hesitate, I order it. And they're now writing a story of my favorite show, which is Deep Space Nine. And it focuses on one of the best characters, Odo, and I, I wanted to point out I was remiss in the last comic talk. The great character actor who played Odo passed away. Mm. Uh, Rene end... Yeah, Again, Mert? Rene Auberjonois. I was counting on you to pronounce the name properly because I know he was going to butcher it. Um you know, he was in Benson, he was in tons of movies. He was a very well-known uh, character actor, but his his performance as Odo always compelling, always haunting in many ways, and and you know, poignant. And I'm so thrilled to see they're going to take on the Deep Space Nine characters here with the Tipton magic. So really excited to read that on page 130.
2: If if you have not seen what we left behind looking back at Star Trek. Oh, I want to get that. Oh, uh, it's it's magical. It's they in the course of the documentary, uh, the writers gather together in a room and theorize what would have happened, right? What would have happened in the very next episode after Everything hmm. ended. Um, now, is that a, you? Can only get that on DVD. You can. I, I believe it's. I believe it's streaming for rental. Um, if Amazon. I remember, I, okay. I'm gonna check right now to see whether it's available for rental or purchase because I really yeah. want to see that. Yep. Prime Video has it as a rental. Yep. Because I think, except for
1: um, uh, Avery Brooks, everyone was on. Everyone comes back to talk, right?
2: Exactly. And and you can actually sort of blame Shatner for Avery Brooks not coming back because uh the documentary that Shatner did on the captains yeah uh, brooks was not very happy with the way he was painted in that and and has since decided not to really partake in any documentaries Well, i've never, I've never seen that what happened i he 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 picks some really zany quotes from Avery Brooks and it kind of paints him to be a little bit loony um which <laughs> which, which, which from what i've heard he kind of is at times but uh okay. But, yeah, uh, he wasn't too thrilled about that. <laughs> okay.
1: I'll have to, I'll have to, I've never seen the captains. I mean, I have know of it, but all right.
2: They use file footage for Avery, though, so they do actually include some interviews with him that have been done in the past. I like in the past. Interview. Okay. Well,
1: I'm looking forward to that. Thanks, man.
2: Yeah. All right. What else for IDW, brothers? Uh, page 131, uh, Star Trek Picard Countdown. Since we're talking about Star Trek, might as well do this, because I saw some uh, preview artwork from it. Uh, and I've heard some reviews about it, and it looks like it's really damn good. Um, and I want to know what happened before the series of, of Picard started, and this is going to be a, a a good way to do so. It's uh, co-written by Kristen Byer, who works on the on the show, and Mike Johnson, and amazing art by by Anhelo Hernandez. So yeah, I'm I'm completely in. I I, I got to read this one. It's co- I got to read this co- this collection. 100 percent available in June. It's gonna be in my hands. Let's see here. Plus the the cover for Star Trek Year Five yet again. Oh, the, it's So good. The best oh covers in in comics are coming from Star Trek Year Five.
1: <laughs> yeah, they really are amazing. That it's design sense, that they incorporate the 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 Klingon sigil there. Yep. Wow, I, I'm looking forward to uh, the. They haven't come out yet, but the Spock uh, Valentine one shot that we talked about and the J.M. DeMatteis one shot with Khan. So, uh, let's do Star Trek again on page 142. Uh, George Decay, They Called Us Enemy, the expanded edition of his memoir that he co wrote uh, about uh, his time in in, in the Japanese internment camps when he was a child during World War II. Yeah. Very, I mean, I've heard this is wonderful. I have not read it yet myself. very important period of our history that was egregiously shameful um it's it's always you know there's always those moments where in our country see that tension between the anxiety that comes out of security and liberty and how that tension tends to work itself out often unfortunately too far to the side of uh security um so I, i this is something i definitely want to read
2: yeah, I saw Allegiance when it when it was on uh, on Broadway with George Takei, and that was oh the the play that was about interment, was it not? Yes, it was. Yeah, and it was it was outstanding, and I, I'm I'm glad to see uh, yet another piece of material from from George Takei, uh, you know, uh, from his own experience.
1: Fantastic. And how about on the next page, *Tandem* in 1989, *Our Shattered Hopes*. So the the writer, um, I'm going to mispronounce. I'm sorry, lun Zong. Or Zhang. Um, He survived the massacre. And yes, it was a massacre, regardless of what the Chinese government tries to say. When you run people over with tanks, it's a freaking massacre. Um, And I'm not talking about Tank Man. He was not run over. But, you know, they were gunning people down and so forth in that that square. But uh, this looks like a really compelling – I like the artwork quite a bit. His memories of Tiananmen and what it means to him and, you know, tying that into the present day. And just looking at, looking at the event from the various perspectives in China, uh, I may get this as well.
2: I'll point out on page one forty nine the collected edition of Cobra Kai: the Karate Kick Saga continues Johnny's story. Uh, where is, is Johnny really the good guy? And, and uh, that's that's the question right there.
1: Did you watch the Did you watch the show? I haven't seen it.
2: I have not. I, I Okay. Can't, to and I keep forgetting about it uh, But it's it's a YouTube original And I'm pretty sure the first season is free now If I remember okay. correctly um, So yeah, I, I will watch it at some point Yeah, Because I, I, I love the concept yeah. <laughs> Basically the entire concept Spawning from an episode of How I Met Your Mother Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else do we got for IDW? Uh, collected edition of Ghostbusters Year 1 on page 151 I know we mentioned the uh, the original offering of that once about a time, and uh, the collection will be available in June. Page one hundred and sixty, EC covers artist edition.
1: Oh, wow, breathtaking! <laughs> one of the greatest errors in the history of the American comic book. Without that's me saying that, not the copy. That's. Listen to these names, are getting palpitations. Wally Wood, Harvey Kurtzman, Graham Ingalls, Johnny Craig, Al Williamson, Frank Frazetta, Jack Davis, Al Feldstein. Man. Pre-code, ladies and gentlemen, pre-code.
2: <laughs> I think it's worth pointing out as well, uh, on page 158 and 159, that IDW is now publishing a bunch of their, their graphic novels in Spanish. Oh, that's great. So the uh, the aforementioned uh, George Takei uh, uh, graphic novel is coming out in Spanish, as well as uh, uh, Red Panda and Moon Bear and uh, Sonic the Hedgehog are all being released in Spanish. All right. You guys ready for Marvel? Yeah, I'm ready for
1: Marvel. Sure Mer- thing. All right. So I have to say, for the most part, I've sworn off crossover events, but I am going to try the first couple issues of Emp. Is it empire? Empire. I think it's just empire.
2: It's probably empire.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: It's like pyre, as in funeral pyre. Gotcha. It's gotcha. Portmanteaued with uh,
1: empire. But I'm going to do it because it's Al Ewing and Dan Slott writing, and they're it their exploring a character I've always found intriguing, the Hulkling character from Young Avengers, who I believe is the son of Captain Marvel and a Kree woman.
2: Uh yes, I believe so. Okay. Oh, Captain Marvel and or a Captain Marvel.
1: Scrollman, I'm sorry, Captain Marvell. Forgive me. Yeah, Scrollman, of course. Because did you guys read Young Avengers? Oh yeah, that, that's so good. That was series was fantastic.
2: Every version of Young Avengers was yeah. excellent.
1: And uh, the ch- the Children's Crusade was great. Yeah. All great
2: stuff. Mm-hmm. Gillen's uh, run on, on Young Avengers as well with McKelvey. Was yep, fantastic. So I'm gonna I'm gonna at least try this. You guys gonna try this or no? I might give it a go. Yeah. Uh... I mean, I'm, I may wait until unlimited, but I'm I'll I'll give it a shot. I mean, I mean,
1: I'm not I'm not going to get into any of the uh, crossovers. That's too much. But
2: yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the fact that Empire Number Zero, Fantastic Four is is slot with uh, with Arby Silva on on art uh, does does intrigue me a little bit. There,
1: Murd. On page ten, is that the Kotati version
0: of the Swordsman? Uh, just wait until I can find page ten. <laughs> Again, they're Sorry. not being very for- forthcoming with their numbering. Um, you know, there's an excellent chance that that is who that is. I've, I've, or it, <clears throat> it could be, well, there are a few different green-skinned individuals on this page, but uh, I, it, it could be. It could be.
1: Well, it says here, in the new green area of the moon, the Kotati are waiting with news of a terrible enemy that can wipe up both them and humanity itself. The celestial messiah has returned.
0: hmm. hmm. Interesting to see Hulkling uh, crouched, for, uh, prepared for action there with the other heroes when uh, he's he's kind of at the center of this invasion.
1: Um, well, he's, he's the leader now of a combined Korean Skrull Empire, right? Yes, that's, um, that's the okay. That's the premise. Yeah, I saw it. In, it, in, it was
0: in the incoming one shot that Marvel did a little yeah. while ago. He, he proclaimed himself Emperor Dorek the Eighth of the Skrull Empire. And uh, his first act as emperor was to ally the uh, Skrull and Kree empires into a single force and uh, declare that they need to go and
1: invade Earth. And uh, who was his mother? I don't remember the Skrull who was his mother.
0: I'm afraid I can't tell you. I haven't uh, okay. <clears throat> I haven't read uh, Young Avengers yet.
1: It's still in my future. Ah, okay.
2: uh, the time bubble. I mean, I know that he had, uh, you know, that he had a relationship with uh, with Scarlet Witch's son.
1: Well, actually, it says here. I'm looking on page 14 uh, in the Lords of Empire, Harper, Oakland, number one, written by Chips co co-writer. That's important. It says it's going to answer the question: What happened to H- to Wicked? Okay, so I may pick that one up too.
2: That's good to know. Yeah. And hey, uh, the Empire Avengers number one is written by Z- by Jim Zub. So that's that's something see that seems out too. Mm.
0: All right. Yeah. I think it might actually be Princess Anel. Remember her? She was the daughter of Dorek the Seventh. She was seen in the original Kree Scroll War story. Oh, and the,
1: didn't she, did she die in that though?
0: I don't think she th- died in that no? story, but she okay. may have. Died. I think she did ultimately die years later. Yeah,
2: I,
1: but you're right because I think they did establish a attraction between her and Marvel in that original story, if I remember correctly. So.
2: On, on page 17, uh, uh, Dan Slott and Sean Isaac's uh, Fantastic Four number 21, which is an umpire tie-in, I love the look of Spider-Man in that all-blue-and-black Fantastic Four outfit. That is that is a complete change of pace, and I'm down for it.
1: Hold on, I'm trying to find the page. Yeah, oh,
2: yeah, that is that is striking. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, I'd almost rather
0: they just go the original new Fantastic Four route and let them keep their normal costumes, but I agree with you, Ian. Those designs are – it's a cool enough color scheme. I'm I'm not going to complain.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Although part of me also wishes he had gone back to his uh, uh, Future Foundation outfit, which I've always been a fan Ah, of. Ah, the Future Foundation, yep. Yeah.
1: That was fun. I'm jumping ahead because it's so striking. On page 2627, Black Widow number one, Kelly Thompson writing. Look at that cover. God, by Adam Hughes. Oh, beautiful.
2: <laughs> I've got uh, on page uh, 22. Uh, the champions are back uh, and the champions, you know, over the past couple of years have really become like the teen titans of mm. Marvel Universe. Um, and and they're continuing that here with the younger version of, of Nova uh, plus, uh, you know, Miles and uh, Power Pack and a bunch of others in, included. Um, and this is uh, Eve Ewing uh, writing with uh, with Simone DeMaio on art. Uh, previous series got canceled a little while ago. Now they're giving it another go, and I'm all for it, honestly. I I, I love that we get a, a youthful team running around the, the Marvel oh. Universe. Yeah, it's, it's a long way from the 1970s champions. So. Oh, absolutely,
1: yeah. Uh I, I want to point a favorite writer of yours is getting some work on page 29, Devin Grayson.
0: Ah, yep. I was going to bring that up, actually. Um, yeah. This is a one-shot tie-in to the upcoming Black Widow movie. It's called Widowmakers, Red Guardian, and Yelena Belova, uh, which is a character that Devin and co-created in the early 2000s, uh, who's supposed to be the uh, replacement uh, right. Black Widow. And now here she is, she's active again, and uh, she's got uh, Alexei Shostakov, uh, the original Red Guardian, at her side, who also appears in the movie. So this is going to be a pretty cool creative team here. Uh, Michelle Bandini's doing the artwork. I'm definitely going to buy this one shot.
1: And if you want to catch up on Black Widow history, uh, if I may so humbly say, listen to our Black Widow spotlight. But more importantly, pages 30 and 31, they're doing a lot of uh, True Believer reprints here. Her first appearance first appearance of the Red Guardian, her first team up with Daredevil, her first inter- conflict with Spider-Man, Amazing Adventures 1, uh, her, her one of her appearances of the Champions, because she's on that original team, where she had a romance with Hercules, when she joins the Avengers briefly in Avengers 111, uh, Taskmaster appearing in Avengers 196, Marvel 2 and 110 with Black Widow and the Thing, and as Murd mentioned, Black Widow won by Grayson and I is J.G. Jones, I think, and Elena Belova in that issue. All Great stuff.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely in on that, and uh, I'm more and more looking forward to the Black Widow series. Uh, I mean, sorry, uh, show. I, 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 I eh, movie. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, uh, my, that medium, right one. Yeah, exactly. The, the one that comes out on the big screen with the, with, with the seats and the popcorn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know the one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. I, like my my anticipation for it is going up instead of down, and that's that's a positive. Oh, me too. Hmm. I
1: yeah. just wish they they put the Taskmaster then closer to his
2: actual costume. Yeah, I, I'd I'd agree with you on that. Because well, I, I think was... the Taskmaster's costume is
1: pretty frightening.
2: Well, just <laughs> and, take know, a look skull... at it on
0: on page thirty three. It's there in uh, yeah, <laughs> in all its uh, grim macabre glory. Yeah. Yep. So there will I, be a Taskmaster mini. In the movie, he too.
1: doesn't. In the movie, he doesn't have the skull face, right? Uh, he's
0: got a helmet that's very vaguely evocative of a skull, but I guess they didn't want it to okay. look too much like uh, crossbones because they've already done that.
2: Okay, fair enough. It but, looks more like a like a ski mask than anything else. Like mm. he, he kind of reminds me of Casey Jones more than he reminds me of the <laughs> Taskmaster. Yeah.
1: By the way, quick tangent because I've been dying to ask because I forgot when in our comic talk. Mm-hmm. So in the Crisis television show. Was that Wild Dog I saw?
0: Uh, Wild Dog has been a supporting character on Arrow from, for some time. Oh,
1: has he really? He wow. really has been, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about going deep
2: into the well there. Wow, I, that impressed me. <laughs> They've been pretty eclectic with their supporting cast, and I'm down for it. And, I mean, his garb was right out of the 80s comic.
1: Like, I, I was to- so... It's I jaw dropped a little bit. It's an easy costume to
2: get right on a TV budget. True. <laughs> Since you mentioned the 80s, I, I was going to bounce back for a second and, and yeah. just just do pages 24 and 25 in Rapid Fire. As the 80s and 90s in me has to mention that there's a new Power Pack miniseries and a new New Warriors series uh, a miniseries as part of the Outlawed event. Ryan North working hmm. on power pack right this is, immediately uh, has me interested right if you enjoyed
0: unbeatable Squirrel Girl this is the
2: same writer this is his take on the the power kids yep and then uh, Daniel Kibblesmith on New Warriors one of five as well and uh, our, our illustrious founder Brian Deemer will be very happy to see that speedball is there and he's looking pretty cool. Deemer lives <laughs>
1: <laughs> we will be seeing L Deemer quite soon actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to point out. I'm jumping ahead a bit, so a little X-Men action here for you, Ian. First of all, page forty-eight. God loves man. Kills extended cut. One of two. One of the great X-Men stories. Um, represented with new, all new pages from the creators themselves.
2: Yeah, I'm and, down. I'm, I'm down for that.
1: Yeah, and across from this, they've been doing a series of one-shots the past few months, all by written by Hickman. Now, look at this team. Nightcrawler 1, art by Alan Davis. Let me say it again. Alan Davis.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there's no way I'm not buying this one-shot. Uh, this, <laughs> this was, for the first several years of my life as a comics fan, my favorite character in all of comics. You know, drawn by the artist uh, who I saw draw him first uh teamed up with a writer who's pretty good too i guess and so it's 40 pages worth of that and yeah it's it's, it looks like it's going to be a relatively self-contained story although not entirely because (sighs) something about uh the the grimalkin habitat i guess that's what's left of the original x mansion uh one of several spots of uh krakoa that exists on the planet and beyond Uh, so it, it is grounded in current X continuity in other words Which is a little concerning to me, but still, it's it's Nightcrawler drawn by
1: Davis. It doesn't really matter what he's doing. And
2: and, and, um,
1: Ian's been really praising the series. i got to catch up, so I'm looking forward to this.
2: And speaking of X-Men, Children of the Atom, number one. Written by Vita Ayala, which has me interested. And then Bernard Chang on art. Completely has me in. With a variant covered by the one and only Todd Nock. Ugh. X Men get sidekicks. I was just talking about there, you know, not being enough youthful teams in the uh, Marvel Universe currently, uh, and and this is bound to be that, as it looks like they're introducing a whole set of sidekicks for the uh, for the main team. So, and you, you
1: never know, Ian. Next, they might bring the X Babies back.
2: You know what? <laughs> it, it's shot it's sure. <laughs>
1: probably waiting X- in the wings, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 looking on page 55. Okay. We talked about Black Widow before. Look okay. at that cover. Mm-hmm.
0: Dear god. <laughs> All right, before we uh, venture too much further forward, um, Please. I
1: wanted to uh, throw in a mention a little
0: while ago. On, on page 32 and 33, speaking of the Black Widow movie and the Taskmaster, there will be a five-issue miniseries featuring the, featuring the Taskmaster, written by Jed McKay, who is writing the uh, current uh, picaresque adventures of the Black Cat in her own ongoing series, which I've been enjoying, and art by Alessandro Viti. So um, I'll definitely be getting that. Taskmaster has had miniseries once or twice before. I don't intend to miss this one any more than I missed those
1: nice back to you uh, but ba- sure and I'm, again Marvel's 2 on page 55 um, again these 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 are stories is Mar- providing like a framing narrative device you've got a Dan Brereton story uh, with the X-Men uh, the thing Spider-Man Doctor Doom contend for the most coveted object on the planet and a tale by Eric Powell listen to this the vision pushes himself to limit or to save a life in an adventure by Paolo Rivera mm-hmm. Mr. Marvel Mythos Damn. himself. Oh, God. Jeez. Yeah. And look at the next, my God Ian, look at the next page. Captain Marvel Snapshot. Written by Mark Russell and Kurt Busiek. Art by Steve
2: Rood. Damn. They're going to go out and get another job, for God's sake. Look at all this stuff. And one hell of a striking uh, cover by, by Alex Ross as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is about the Mad Bomb. Oh, Murd!
2: Oh, oh, oh Quite the oh, oh. I have to mention the very next page on page 57 as I have mentioned Jay and Miles explain the X-Men many times on this show as one of my favorite podcasts about comics. Jay Edidin is co-writing a one-shot for his favorite character Cyclops. Oh, Jay's a Cyclops
0: fan. Yep. Well, happy to oh, hear yeah. Somebody out there likes poor Scott. I always have. <laughs> Oh, I've always been a big
1: Scott fan.
2: Absolutely. I, I like Scott when he's not being whiny. And for, 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 for the most part, he's been pretty okay over the past couple of years on, the, on that front. No, Given the I, life he's had, I think, think back, he has a right to be whiny, frankly. Oh, I know. Like a lot of stuff's happened to him. Yes. When I think back to Dark Phoenix
1: era, you know, the Claremont Byrne, Cockroach stuff, I thought he was a fascinating character study of the, him as the leader and the burden of leadership. Great stuff in the Bronze Age.
2: Yeah. I actually really liked uh, Scott, written by uh, by Morrison. I thought that that was uh, some of the strongest. Uh, yeah,
1: yep, I agree with that.
2: Yep. but uh, yeah, Jay edited and Kurt Busiek co-writing with uh, Tom Riley on art. X Men Marvel Snapshot number one.
1: Let's see. I I just can't afford all this stuff, but um, <laughs> you know, again, we'll use the library, but. The Doctor Doom series I'm, I'm on page eighty three by Christopher Cantwell has been wonderful. Great art by Salvador Larroca. Um fascinating take on Doom and his place in the Marvel universe. Um I don't want to give away too much, but it's fantastic it's, it's I mean Doom would probably Doom would probably be offended by me saying it's fantastic, but uh it is.
2: Did you see, speaking of fantastic, did you see the gorgeous Ryan Otley cover on page 66 of Amazing Spider-Man number 43? Let's have a look. Yeah.
1: I may have missed that.
2: Oh, yes, featuring Gog. Yeah.
1: Gog, wait a minute.
2: Yep. It is striking as hell. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nowhere near caught up on uh, on Spencer's Amazing Spider Man, but uh, well, I haven't read
1: one. I haven't read one issue of it, but
2: yeah, I've read exactly one issue of it. Actually,
1: <laughs> <laughs> look look at uh, again. I'm I'm reading in trade now, so I'm behind. But look at the Immortal Hulk covers on page eighty six and eighty seven. Look like have you ever seen a more terrifying? I mean, the leader. I mean, leader is a guy with a big, giant green head. Okay, it's ludicrous. But look at that image. Ah, oh, what they're doing with this character. I mean, th- this this is easily one of the greatest arcs in the history of the Hulk, period.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, and for anybody reading Venom, the fact that Venom number 25, as it finishes Venom Island, brings on Mark Bagley for art, that's pretty damn cool.
1: It sure is. Sure. And for Kevin, we have to mention on page 89, Moon Knight in the Avengers, Jason Aaron run. Mummies are rising from their graves. Secret armies march by moonlight. From Kunlun to Wakanda to Greenwich Village, a dark god invades Asgard. And the Moon Knight has been unleashed as never before. So begins the age of Khonshu. So fall the Avengers. Ah, I love melodrama.
2: (laughs) And and, and melodrama I see see on page 81 for Doctor Strange number 5. Had I not read the text, the text says, The Sorcerer Supreme robbed... I would have thought, the Sorcerer Supreme, go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mark Wade. I love the
1: first issue. Yep. I think I'm done with floppies myself. Uh, I did want to point out, um, on page 107, so I just got in my ship and I just read issues one and two of the new Star Wars series by Charles Soule and art by Jesus uh, Zayez, which is gorgeous, but fantastic because... They pick up an area where that is yet to be explored. What happens immediately after the end of *Empire Strikes Back* on the Millennium Falcon with Luke traumatized, and they go from there. And the first issue was especially tremendous. I mean, because they really explore how haunted Luke is by this knowledge that he now possesses, and how it, what does what, what does it mean now for him going forward. Um, artwork is, is breathtaking. Marvel, once again, because they've had the Star Wars comic type license back now, I think, for five years. It's just one home run after another. So, highly recommend that. Uh,
2: ba- back in the Marvel section for two seconds. 103. Uh, for anybody who has ever asked the question, where do I start reading to get into Marvel Comics? Ah, uh, yes. Yes. How to Read Comics: The Marvel Way, Number One by Christopher Hastings and and Scott Koblish on art, the universal gateway to the House of Ideas. So this four issue mini might be a good way to Hmm. let you know exactly where you should be if you want to try to get in on the on the ground floor of interesting characters
0: Um, or just. Go ahead, Murray, I'm sorry. It's just the basics of the visual language of comics, too. So it's like Scott McCloud understanding comics type stuff. Mm. You know, even exactly. More, yeah, it's, it's probably something about uh, understanding the basics of the Marvel Universe, too. But all, even more basic than that, I think it's just how to read comics. Yep. Uh, d- 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 you know, the copy says here, if you've ever tried to hand over a comic to a non-comics reading intelligent friend and he hands it back to you saying, I didn't know in what order to read the panels, you know, this is a solution to that
1: problem.
2: Excellent,
1: although it's it's amusingly alarm it's amusingly alarming that Mysterio might be one of the guides for this journey. <laughs> <But> anyway,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm in trades myself. As am I. They're uh, they're collecting uh, Dan Slot She Hulk in an omnibus. Oh,
1: that's a great series.
2: Ah, oh. damn fine series. Yep, uh, the on sale July twenty twenty. Uh, the Dan Slott and Ty Templeton written and with a whole bunch of pencillers, including Paul Pelletier, Scott Collins, uh, Paul Smith, Ron Frenz, Howard the people. Duck, Howard he the Pierce. D-
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep. Why? It. Yeah, it's, it's.
1: Yeah, I mean the, the humor in that, the the, so the tips of the hat to Marvel history, both actual publishing history and, and um, within the books themselves. It's 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 a great series. Mm-hmm. So, Mert, I thought of you, I don't know if this is one you read, but on page 154, Star Comics, The Secret Life of Top Dog? Uh, I can't say that I've had the pleasure, Chris. Okay. Meet the world's smartest, talkingest, and funniest dog. I don't remember this one on the stands. Wow, they're they're exploring every nook and cranny of the Star Universe, I guess. Of course, Spidey appears in it because he has to appear in everything it says here.
2: Well, I mean, wow. clearly, yeah, <laughs> it's not Wolverine. It's going to be Spider Man. <laughs> well done.
1: I'm actually done with Marvel. Unless you guys have on the trades you want to shout out. Uh,
2: the two thousand, the Amazing Spider Man twenty ninety nine companion, uh, which is on page one forty two. Uh, if you if you you know if you want uh, more info on the uh, twenty ninety nine series that uh, of one shots that just came out. Uh, then, then this will this will help you out with that a little bit. Uh, it's got uh, 2099 Alpha and Omega, Conan, Conan 2099, Doom 2099, uh, FF 2099, Ghost Rider, Punisher, Spider Man, and Venom. All right. More anything else you got for Marvel? Ah,
0: uh, the aforementioned uh, Gillen and McKelvey run on Young a- Avengers is uh, treated, mm-hmm. uh, no, in its entirety on page one fifty it's uh 15 issues plus a marvel now 0.1 issue uh 360 pages 35 bucks gorgeous artwork it's yeah it's it, it's it's quality
2: yeah. yeah i'm glad this is back in print because for a while there it was it was very hard to find uh it was originally uh in, in print as a hardcover and this is the tray paperback collection of it and yes go out there and buy it it's fantastic I
0: nominated that for many Best of 2013 awards, as I recall. I remember that. That's right.
1: You got ready for Dynamite? Yeah, let's roll. All right, so page 166. I'm, I'm just pitting the book now with glee. The Boys, Dear Becky, number one. Have either one of you read The Boys? Never in my life.
2: Okay. I read about half of it and then got tired of it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah.
1: Uh, know, I'm a huge Innes fan. I love this series. I haven't watched the television show yet. I've heard it's very good. Um, but this is picking up one of the most poignant plot lines of the story in a character that we only met briefly. So I'll be definitely checking this out. And Ian, have you watched the television show?
2: Yes, I have. The first season was fantastic.
1: That's what I heard from some other people, too. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Second season is uh, actually coming way sooner than we thought. It should be done, I think. It should be ready for us by, like, mid-year because they were ready. Oh, done. wow. Yep.
1: Okay, so, got a, so they must have gotten so much good buzz about the first season, they went right into production.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I wanted to point on page 169 uh, this is one of Ennis's best. Again, I've always raved about Ennis' take on military stories, which I think he has no peer in that genre right now. Battlefields Volume One, uh, three great stories from the World War II era, including one, the one the story Dear Billy, which I think one of the most poignant World War II stories I've ever seen in a comic. It's about. A British nurse who survived a uh, Japanese massacre, and how how traumatized she is, is I and mean, how she can't, she really can't move on from it. It's devastating. Um, but it, that's the battle, the whole battlefield. He in his series of them, they're they're tremendous, top flight, historical authenticity, and great storytelling.
2: On uh, on page one seventy. Uh, They're offering Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys, the death of Nancy Drew, number one. Um, So Nancy Drew really hasn't had a comic in a while. And for her to have a comic involving her death and the two main characters are the Hardy Boys. eh, I'm not exactly too thrilled about that. Um, Well, let's see if she actually dies, though. Ian. (laughs) Oh, I know. Come on. If her death is in the title, there's no way in hell she's actually yeah. Uh, I, I just it it's a little disconcerting that that's the route that they decided to go with this. However, and you know Anthony Del Cole has worked on 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 some pretty good books before, so I'll I'll, I'll trust them on this one. Uh, so we'll 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 see where it goes.
1: I'm in boomless. Anything else
2: for dynamite? Mm, nothing on my end.
1: Merch? Mm. Nope, nothing here either. So page 200, I didn't read the first volume of this, but it's Azzarello, Faithless Volume 2, blockbuster cult sex thriller. That's definitely up my alley. Um, but look, look at the, the Brian K. Vaughn, his, his testimony, the rare erotic comic that's actually hot. That's yeah. high praise from, from the best writer in comics, basically. So I may have to go back and get Volume 1 and trade.
2: Yeah, I'm 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 hot and cold on Azzarello. Um so I'll uh, I'll I'll probably wait to see what you think about it, Chris, and I'll uh, and I'll go from there. Ian, I'm honored. Okay, so let's let's look at page two hundred four for a minute. Space bear, what is this? It's about a space bear. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it says it right there. I mean, come on, it's a it's about a bear in space. He's flying. It's-
1: It's a silent story perfect for readers of all ages by discovering the unknown and empathy for everyone we encounter, because every friendship begins with an act of kindness. I like the artwork quite a bit.
2: They somehow tie this into Thundercats. I'll be very happy.
1: (laughs) Ooh, look on page 206. Buffy, every generation. I love when they explore, because they do this in the show sometimes, too, Slayers from the past. Yeah. The Philippines, 1910. Wow. Yeah, that could be pretty cool god i love that show i mean when i think back to that period of my life like so much was going on but every night i think it was a tuesday or thursday i forgot which when buffy was on i, I was the happiest person like for that hour i was i was so taken with that show
2: yeah it was definitely tuesday because i remember they made the yeah. at one point like like oh dawn's in trouble must be tuesday
1: that's right but uh it, The best comic book on television. Yep. Definitely. Let's see what else we got here. I have nothing else for Boom unless you fellas do.
2: Uh, Issue 5 of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mighty Morphin Power Rangers crossover uh, comes out this month on page 212. So uh, collection incoming on that one for the uh, crossover you never thought you'd see unless you watched TV in the 90s. (laughs) All right, I'm.
1: I'm the, you guys ready for the rest of the book? Uh,
2: yeah, I think I am.
1: Yeah, why not? Let's yep. do it. I'm definitely ready. Page two twenty four. Very interesting. Under the Ablaze imprint, Red Nails number one. So this is one of Reed Howard's uh, Conan stories. Brought to life uncensored. Discover the true Conan, unrestrained, violent, and sexual. Read the story as he intended. Huh. Interesting. Very interesting.
2: Yeah. So, or something completely different. <laughs> Page 226 Abrams Comics Art, Comic Arts, uh, Drawing the Vote An Illustrated Guide to Voting in America, uh, by Tommy Jenkins and Katie Lacker. Uh, all about uh, voting and how to do it pretty much. And, it's, uh, and, and,
1: and, uh, and if I if I may soapbox for a minute, I'm not saying which way to go, just for pity's sake, please everyone vote. Yes. <laughs> Whatever whatever your choice, just the voting turn in this country is so pathetic. Um, Please vote. (laughs) I don't care if you're in Howard the Duck as your choice, but, you know, because people did that in the 70s, but, you know.
2: (laughs) And to anybody who uh, doesn't live in the United States, vote in your country.
1: (laughs) Uh, They have have better turnout than we do. Um, Page 228. Kent State forwarded in Ohio. So this is, wow, that was 50 years ago now. Wow. So, of course, most many people know this, the infamous incident where it, there was an anti-war protest on Kent State campus uh, in Ohio. Um, there had been some unrest the day before, and the, the governor called out the National Guard. who marched onto the campus of light ammunition and their rifles and There was a protest. I think some students may have thrown bottles or something like that, and they opened fire on the crowd. And some of the people they shot were just kids going to class, Um, and four students were killed. Even though Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young Song, which captures it. But there's really good historical stuff in this month's previews.
2: Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, Tineman Square. Uh, Terry Moore's five years is tremendous. Again, his latest installment in the saga of his is more. Is he called his Morverse? Or are we calling it that? I don't know, but it's as good a name as any. Yeah, it's Catchu, it's Francine, it's it's that whole world. It, it doesn't get any better. I myself didn't have a lot more to talk about in the rest of the book myself. Uh,
2: I'll as go, I go to of, I'll go to page two fifty two. Okay, amigo comics. Uh, Victor Santos, a, a name a name that's uh, familiar to some of us, has a new uh, zombie hunter series called Ezekiel Himes Zombie Hunter uh, with art by Alberto Hernandez. Uh, from Eisner-nominated Victor Santos of uh, Polar and uh, Violent Love and Alberto Hernandez uh, from Crossover comes a zombie apocalypse thriller packed with action. The uh, Living Dead triumphed, and now on the top are The Fathers, undead with telepathic powers and the living form the base of the food chain and there ezekiel himes looks for vengeance
1: beautiful cover oh yeah i have to read polar never read it. i know it has, it's a netflix movie too yep uh and i want to ask you this i'm on page 262 mm-hmm. so they're bringing they're bringing turner's fathom back okay did you ever did you ever read this series
2: Oh, very hit or miss. Like maybe okay. maybe two or three issues as it was coming out. Uh, I i I've, I always respected Mike Turner um, mm-hmm. while he was around, uh, but his his art style was never my favorite. Um, okay, and uh, I only really ever read him when he was you know on books that I was already reading. Like say for example the the run of Batman Superman that he did uh, where they- I remember that. Yep. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. This is uh. It's nice to at least see fathom back uh, in a form other than reusing Michael Turner's old pinups, uh, which okay. <laughs> which which they tend to do a lot over at Aspen. yeah, yeah, so it's nice to see it still living in one form um,
0: back under uh, aftershocks. Um, on page 236, um, this is something new that they're coming out with uh, this month. It's uh, another series about uh, the dead coming back to life, but with a slightly different approach. Uh, it's it's not uh, the dead coming back to uh, eat the flesh of the living so much. Um, it's uh, the dead coming back uh, for an anticipated annual holiday. Uh, when they interact with lo- loved ones, um, sometimes just go to uh, party a little bit. And yes, sometimes they do uh, enact bloody revenge. But uh, it's it's a slightly more diverse um, <clears throat> range of uh, activities for the living dead. Uh, in this series called Dead Day, uh, written by Ryan Parrott, best known for his uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comics for Boom Studios. So just a l- little change of pace from the more typical zombie comic, it
1: looks like.
2: Sure.
1: <laughs> I'm looking at page 287 Dead Reckoning A graphic biography of Winston Churchill uh, Toweringly important figure in the 20th century uh, Blow that from Devil's Due Some lover, some hater uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez and the Freshman Force <laughs>
2: the
1: Ballot box collection trade paperback Oh boy Written by Josh Blaylock, Art
2: by Jill Thompson All right All right so. Page, uh, page two sixty four under Avatar. Uh, yes. Some some newbie to the business. His name is Alan Moore. Uh, has <laughs> a complete collection of Cinema Purgatorio. Uh, I I remember hearing about this as mm. as it was as it was coming out, and I, I never did check it out. But here's a complete collection that might be easier to do it with, it's only twenty bucks at regular price. So I imagine uh, discounts on Amazon and DCBS and what have you would be pretty good. Mm. But uh, Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill invite you to take a trip through the dark recesses of cinema in their first major project together since the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, The power of movies, the people behind it, the damage it has done, and the story of one woman forced to bear her soul is all unspooled, one short film at a time. Yes. I'm looking at a page. Go ahead, Murd. I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: well, it's it's, it's interesting that we are looking at this the day after Oscar night, but – Yes, Yes. Alan Moore's Meditation on the Medium of Movies. Um, It was part, uh, it was the lead feature in an eponymous anthology that came out through Avatar for a long time, Uh, 18 or 19 issues all told, and also contained several other backup features, stuff like uh, Garth Ennis' Code Prue, material by Kieran Gillen, and a bunch of other uh, creators of darker material. Um, So this is just a collection of uh, the Cinema Purgatorio strips from each issue of the Cinema Purgatorio anthology. Uh, all brought together in one handy dandy volume. So, if you just want to read the Moran O'Neill stuff without any of the other features, this is a, a good way to, to go about doing that.
1: Excellent. All right. I'm going to. I have a family thing that's breaking out upstairs, gentlemen, so I have to depart in just a few minutes. No um, I just got to go deal with the teenager. But, um, quick, quickly, nice to see on page to Peter Bagg. I always loved his comic hate. And uh, he's doing a, a history of the Zor- Neale Hurston story. So, very important African American in American history. That's great to see Baggs work. On the next page, I always enjoyed the work of Adrian uh, Tomine. Uh, he, he did wonderful slice of life books about, you know, sort of people in like that netherworld before family, um, shortcomings, scenes for impending marriage, some are blonde, all great stuff. So if you like stories like, if you like stories like *Strangers in Paradise* or *The Waiting Place* or um, books like that, you should definitely give his work uh, a shot. Another thing I want to mention, because I always have to mention, because it's it's just essential, is *Tomorrow's*. Just before I head out here, um, back issue on page three sixty one, back issue one twenty, uh, *Heroes of Tomorrow* with a Monel hero history, Legionnaires. And the Controversial Leech of Superheroes five years later, which I think Peter was a fan of, if I remember correctly. Um, no. My uncle Star Slayer, Charlton Space 1999 tie-in. And then on Retro Fan Magazine number nine, wait for it, interviews with 70s Captain America, Red Brown. <laughs> oh, wow. damn. All right, brothers, forgive me. I must attend to a domestic duty. No
2: worries. I'll
1: leave the last few, I think we're almost done anyway, the last few pages in your care. And uh, we shall all talk very soon, my friends. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Sounds good to me, Excellent. All right, brothers. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Good night, Chris. Good night. Uh, Okie
0: dokie. Well, it's just you and me. When fatherhood calls,
2: he must answer. Indeed. Uh, So where do we leave off for you, Murd?
0: Uh, Well, we were both talking about uh, Cinema Purgatorio. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, what would be the next thing for you?
2: uh i'm i'm honestly i don't really have a lot much to be entirely honest with you so whatever you have next be my guest
0: uh well i don't have very many things for the back of the book this month either. i mean it's it's february this is kind of the the silly season for comics um but uh, i did want to bring up as an ozophile on page 285 uh clover press is giving out is bringing out a new edition uh, with uh, original illustrations uh, by Sarah Richard, who also provided the cover art and an introduction by uh, big-time Oz fan Eric Shannower. Um Ruth Plumly Thompson's *The Royal Book of Oz*, fifteenth in the series and the first to be published after the death of uh, of Oz creator L. Frank Baum. Uh, and the solicitation copy goes well out of its way to tell you that uh, it was originally published under bomb's name and oh. it wasn't until uh, sometime later that uh, plumley thompson was uh, accredited as the actual author um, this is not the first uh, edition of this book with uh, thompson's name on the cover that was several decades ago and uh... You know, I of course have read this book a couple of times over. It's uh, the first of Thompson's books, which I hold in nearly as high esteem as Bombs, and some of them I actually think are better than Bombs. so I'll just go out and say it. Um, I, I should mention, though, uh, for those of you thinking of giving this book a try, um, uh, Clover Press is kind of uh, relying, on, leaning on social justice here to sell their edition. You know, just uh, this is Plumly Thompson was a woman writing this Oz book, and she wasn't credited. She 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 had to appear under the pseudonym of the original author, which is all well and good, but. Um, what they're not telling you is that this book contains quite a few, by today's standards, atrocious Asian stereotypes. It's all about uh, the scarecrow investigating his origins and discovering um, that he may well be uh, the reincarnation of the emperor of a uh, subterranean, quote-unquote, oriental civilization called the Silver Islands. Apparently, the bean pole on which uh, Dorothy found him hanging in that uh, munchkin cornfield all those years ago um, was sprouted from the remains of the deceased emperor of this kingdom he'd been magically transformed into a crocus and then when the crocus that was the emperor died uh... this beanpole sprouted from its roots and apparently uh, the soul of the emperor entered the first thing that made contact with it which was the scarecrow um, this is one possible backstory for the scarecrow, one possible secret origin. The, the, the book doesn't really definitively say this is how the scarecrow is able to walk and talk autonomously, although the people of the Silver Island certainly believe so, because they kind of forced the scarecrow to become their emperor, and the scarecrow is not happy with this arrangement at all. And uh, so, you know, those of you who uh, wish to avoid being uh, spared exposure to uh, outdated portrayals of, of Asian culture, um, maybe don't uh, give this book a try. But if all you're interested in is uh, the history of Oz fantasy literature, well, sure, give it a try. It's an important uh, moment in uh, the history of the Oz canon because it's the first time the torch was passed from the original author of the Oz books to his successor. And the
2: Academy Award goes to Parasite. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, all of them, apparently. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's just its just funny to bring something like that up. Like, the day after, like, we've made leaps and bounds in, uh, in, in you know, Asian culture being recognized, uh, now here we are with something from a long time ago. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Which, not so much. Right.
0: <laughs> People walking around in uh, basket hats and long braids uh, eating dogs and cats. Yep,
2: exactly. Uh, that's the sort of stuff you can expect from the Royal Book of Oz. mm I've got uh, on page 291 uh, out of Disney Hyperion, uh, Amelia Earhart, This Broad Ocean, uh, written by uh, Sarah Stewart-Taylor, art by Ben Tal. Uh Amelia Earhart developed a love of flying at a very young age. Uh, what began as a simple joy became uh, something much deeper, a commitment to open doors for all women. And as, as Amelia built a name for herself in the field of aviation, breaking numerous records along the way, she inspired Future Trailblazers to soar to new heights, and uh, this is uh, one of my favorites. One that's uh, immediately available as both a soft soft cover and a hardcover, right. uh, so you can get either way with that. Um, and uh, looks like it would be uh, something good for you know for your for your you know for your daughter or for for yourself for that matter. You know whoever
0: whoever you happen to be. Hmm. Yep, I appreciate it being offered in those two formats right off the bat. Also,
2: <laughs> yep.
0: Um, On page 297, something for fans of uh, Los Bros. Hernandez, uh, we've got a new Love and Rockets spinoff series called Psychodrama Illustrated. Um, I've never read Love and Rockets myself, so I don't know the characters, but uh, it features Fritz and her extended family in a series of stories about Fritz's film career that bend Fritz's reality. All I know is that it features a lady singing uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer songs, and that's plenty okay by me.
2: Nice. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've yet to read any myself, to be honest. So that's uh, it's nice to see that the uh, the universe continuing in one form or another, either way. And how? I got on page three oh six. The name immediately uh, uh, drew me to it: "Bird and Squirrel, Volume Six: All or Nothing." So you got six other volumes of this, but it looks like some uh, some fun uh, animated series esque uh, stuff for for the kitties out of out of graphics so just some bird and squirrel action going on there immediately i thought of rocky and bullwinkle so you know close enough
0: (laughs) and it also is available in soft cover or hard cover right away
2: yep moving forward down uh humanoids on 308 uh omni uh, volume one is out Uh, speaking of Devin grayson uh, her uh, her ongoing series out of humanoids, the first uh, six issues is now collected. Uh, sorry, four issues is collected for your pleasure there. So if you want to catch up, that's a good way to do so. As issue seven is solicited this month uh, by a new writer. Uh, so Devin Grayson wrote those issues, and now Omni number seven is being written by Melody Cooper with uh, Giovanni Valletta on art. I think I'm going down to manga. So if you get anything in between. Go right ahead. Oh, wow, we're going way down then. Uh, oh, I know. I, I, it's it's weird. It's one of those months, man. Where like I. I I did my best to try and find stuff that caught my interest, and there really is not a lot this month. But if I find anything while I'm scrolling down, I'll certainly mention it.
0: Okay. Well, let me uh, throw out a couple of quick things as we go here. On page 337 under Oni slash Lionforge, uh, issue 7 of 7 of the 7 Days miniseries, which is Gail Simone's attempt at uh, building a uh, superhero universe uh, with some uh, characters of Lion Forge's uh, from the ground up. Um, it, it's mainly the Gail Simone and the World Building that attracted me to this, so I've, I've got all the issues thus far. I'll certainly get the seventh uh, page 339. The ninth original uh, Loud House graphic novel is coming out also in soft cover or hardcover. Like most of the others, I expect it's going to be a collection of uh, short stories. This one focusing on main character uh, Lincoln Loud and his uh, circle of uh, middle school friends. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think I've got uh, much else between there and the end of
2: the book. Well, let me me throw out on page 319, since I was scrolling by, I happened to catch it, Uh, Gen Pet, uh, written by Damien and illustrated by Alex Fuentes. Uh, In the year 2036, Rich Young Nat Kanan gets a genetically engineered pet as a bodyguard, and just in time, too, his dad is in debt and some nasty criminal gangsters, and now they've set their sights on Nat's new Gen Pet. Very, very cool art here by Alex Fuentes. Um, and and I like I like the uh, the cover treatment, and I just like the concept. <laughs> so it's a, a new series by by just straight up Damien, whatever his last name happens to be, out of Magnetic, which is a uh, Magnetic Press is not a uh, a press I'm really that familiar with. So happy to see some new stuff out of some new press. Yeah.
0: I really do like the character design on uh, the titular Jen Pit. It's like oh, yeah, uh, sh- uh, Al Cap's Shmoo turned luchador. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I could, I could easily see some, uh, some, some toys and merchandise being made out of those too. Totally. <laughs> uh, we got a uh, uh, on three twenty two uh, from Mango. Back to the Future: A Celebration, uh, Greatest of the franchise that defined the time travel genre. Uh, so, yeah, it's all about Back to the Future. That's really all you know. It's a reference book. It's about Back to the Future. Any of you DeLorean heads will be able to uh, get some further knowledge on your favorite movies from that collection. And I see Colin Bunn has a new series on page 326, Rogue Planet Number 1. Colin Bunn and Andy McDonald. Looks cool with space action and uh, some nice spaceship art on there, too. (laughs) Always down for
0: that. Yep, and Colin Bunn is a name I've learned to trust, so sure. It's a well-established genre of storytelling with a well-established writer, so you could do worse than give it a try.
2: Yep. And it does look like uh um, Murd that Oni has not lost the Rick and Morty license. I think they just ended the uh the ongoing and are going with miniseries instead. Huh. Uh since it looks like we have Rick and Morty go to hell number one solicited here, and uh, Rick and Morty presents Council of Ricks number one on uh three twenty-seven and three twenty-eight. Yeah, I think I may try Council of Ricks. yeah it sounds like fun alrighty now I scroll down even further into that amazing world known as manga let's see here let's make the magic happen scroll faster PDF scroll faster alright Titan so close so close Man, you don't realize how long the book is until you're just scrolling as fast as you can. (laughs) Don't Carpal Tony yourself now. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. It's just it's a two-finger action right now. Scroll, scroll, scroll. All right, let's see. There we are. Passing Valiant. Not much out of there. Okay, here we go. Manga, here we go. Let's see. Something that's not too porny would be nice. There we go. Okay. I love that. Like the, Always the first couple of ones when you get to the manga section are the ones that look like they're not for kids. Alright. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm Udon. I'm, 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 I'm yeah. stepping on you here, Ian. On page 396, it looks like uh, they're doing Transformers the manga a second month in a row, still in hardcover, but this time it's a diamond-exclusive foil cover.
2: Ooh... Yeah. <laughs> so if you want something shiny, that's 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 a good way to do that. <laughs> uh, two pages up, 394, uh, Udon is putting out Street Fighter World Warrior Encyclopedia, the arcade edition. Uh, that's a mouthful, but so is pretty much every single title in the Street Fighter universe to begin uh, with. <laughs> so they might as well continue that. Uh, It's essentially a who's who for the Street Fighter world. Um, So if you're interested in uh, some obscure characters or some more well-known characters, uh, Udon's got you covered. They're going to do the entire Street Fighter universe or as much of it as they can fit into one volume. Ooh, Kirby Art and Style Collection on uh, $3.99 for uh, 25 years of Kirby. If you're a fan of that pink club that eats things, you're covered. (laughs)
0: Yep, uh, I spent many hours on my first-generation Game Boy getting to know that little pink blob. Nice. And on there, he just looked black and white. Yeah, I don't think I knew he was pink until quite some time later. <laughs> I, don't th- I, I remember seeing uh, TV ads for those uh, Kirby uh, games. I don't, I'm not sure he was pink in those.
2: That's a good question, yeah. I might have to try to track some of those down on YouTube and see whether or not they've uh, they, they did have the coloring down on him at that point and i'm looking 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 yeah even even the manga are in the middle of most uh, are in the middle of most volumes at this point not a lot of not a lot of new stuff to be found all right i'll i'll go to th- 410 out of out of denpa my my buddy's over at denpa uh, Goy- goyabano holiday beloved indie manga artist uh panpanya discovers the wonders of the uh, goyabano fruit and the philippines a trip to tokyo's asian market district um, Ama Yokocho leads the protag uh, on a trip to hunt down the mysterious goyabano fruit little does the protag and their crew know that their curiosity will take them on a wild and mouth-watering trip to the philippines wow well
0: i am a big fan of fruit-based adventure so maybe i'll have to try that
2: <laughs> you and me both, honestly, and 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 I like I like uh, travel manga a lot. Uh, you, you don't you don't find that genre as much as uh, as, as as I'd like, and uh, this is uh, a little bit of an adventure tra- strip from mm. the looks of it. So that that'll be right up people's alley, I would hope. Mm. And on that very same page as well, if you're getting even hungrier, there's uh, udon noodle soup. Little tales for little things. Uh I don't even want to read 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 the uh the solicitation for it. It's just it's called noodle noodle soup. It's bound to make you hungry. Right, let's Let's just assume that it's about soup. Exactly. <laughs> and uh with that, I believe I call it a day.
0: All right. And once again, we are giving the back of the book a miss.
2: Yep. yep. Yeah, not oh. not much uh not much there. Oh, you know what? Actually, why not? Uh, on, right on page 423, I'm sure they have it in another, in another place as well, but there's a, a Baby Yoda shirt and a I Have Spoken shirt. And uh, I, I may wind up getting the I Have Spoken shirt. Ah. Ku, Kuil has spoken.
0: <laughs> uh, I will laugh even not, harder at that once I've actually seen The Mandalorian, I'm sure.
2: Yes, that is true. I have spoken.
0: <laughs> All right, then I too have spoken and Chris has spoken. All right. And now that we're Good all night. done with our uh, assorted spokening, I think the time has come for us uh, to put this one to bed. If you'd like to send us an email, the address is uh, comicgeekspeak at gmail.com If you'd like to leave a voicemail, you can call 267-702-6642 You can like us on Facebook. You can join the Comic Geek Speak Super Group on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Comic Geek Speak. You can go to the thecomicforums.vanillacommunity.com which is our good old tried and true online forum where you can leave feedback about this episode or a variety of other episodes of our show and also uh, converse with your fellow geeks and the friends of the show on a wide range of geeky topics not limited to the podcast itself we would like to give special thanks to those of you who have donated monetarily to the show in the past we really appreciate it, the show would not be what it is today without your support and as always we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes, one listener at a time